A blind boy and his girl were crossing the street one day. And I shuddered as I passed them when I heard him say, Be the top but be fair yeah wouldn't that be nice if life were and particularly with regard to accessibility issues that's the Galahads yeah they were a Seattle group Bob Keane signed them to his Delphi label in Los Angeles and be fair was the flip of I'm without a girlfriend and that's uh, pretty much a medley of their non-hits but I uh, couldn't couldn't help but think about that when I was uh, thinking about the absolute unfairness of uh, of it all. Denise Avant is a Chicago native, and I'm telling you, she's about as impressive as it gets. Born impoverished with a congenital problem that led to blindness, she learned Braille as a teen. By the way, something that not enough, not enough blind teens are doing these days. Got her undergraduate degree in poli-sci at University of Missouri, uh, finished law school there, became a public defender in Chicago for 30 years, got her master's in journalism at Roosevelt, and of course today is president of the National Federation of the Blind of Chicago. And Denise, I'm tired just reading that. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe your energy. Well, uh, I am just grateful that I was able to do all of that. Um, And just let me say thank you so much for having me uh, this evening. Uh, I am the president of the National Federation of the Blind of uh, Illinois, and uh, I'm proud to be a member of the National Federation of the Blind. And I'm delighted that you're doing that because I don't think there could be enough advocacy for blind citizens. And I just shudder. Like I say, I had a lot of personal interaction from radio and records and my phone freaking days and all that. And it just seemed so patently unfair. And more and more, it seems that the government can be the worst offender. And so now we have vote by mail. And I understand you've met with the state about this. What's going on in Illinois? So... Um, In the last uh, session of the Illinois uh, legislature, our legislature passed a uh, bill, uh, which is um, S-1863, and it basically allows for vote-by-mail for this upcoming general uh, election only. Um, So we're not dealing with any elections beyond that. But in the bill, it does say that myself, for example, uh, who cannot read any print, can request a ballot in Braille. But the only thing the bill says is that in order to um, mark the ballot, I would have to get third-party assistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what this does is it violates uh, my right to cast a private and independent ballot uh, just as any uh, cited person would. 
And there are states that do vote by mail in an accessible manner. Um, Colorado, Maryland, uh, Oregon, uh, all of those uh, states are able to accomplish this. So um, we have been meeting with the state board of election in order to find a solution uh, for it. We found out that there are 108 election authorities across Illinois, uh, and each of them uh, can, you know, have their own ways in which they do uh, things. And so we have uh, simply urged the state board of elections to uh, urge these election authorities to uh, find a way for any blind voter here in Illinois, no matter where you live, whether it's Chicago, uh, whether it's Springfield or downstate, um, to uh, adopt uh, an accessible means of voting because there should not be a situation where I either have to decide that I'm going to go to the polls and risk COVID or I have to go get someone to mark my ballot for me and invade my right to cast a um, private and independent uh, ballot. Uh, This is a major issue for our entire organization across the country right now. It should be. Uh, And, you know, I remember when they passed the Help America Vote Act, the HAVA, and that went into law, I guess, in 2002. And supposedly that was uh, the first mandate, legal mandate, that they had. Each state had to find a way for blind people to vote independently. And what's interesting is that since that time, I don't know that many states have followed suit. So we've got a federal law in the books that it seems like most of the states are violating. Well, if you go to the polls, uh, every um, polling place should have the ability to have an audio uh, machine. So if I vote here in Chicago, which I have done since 2006, uh, in, in terms of voting accessibly. I've, right. I've been a voter um, since 1976, um, which dates me, of course. <laughs> um, but 2006 is the first time I can remember didn't go get a Republican um, worker and a Democratic poll worker to stand on either side of me while the one uh, marked my ballot. For the first time in 2006, I was able to do that. And so what happens is the uh, poll worker uh, uh, has this card and they enable the vote, the uh, audio um, portion of the card and put it in the machine. I'm given a device that kind of is like, uh, I would say it's kind of like a remote control is what I think of it as, mm-hmm. not quite shaped like that. And so once the speech starts up, I'm able to hear the candidates uh, select it using this device, uh, go through each office's, vote for all of them or whatever it is mm-hmm. I want to do, finish, you know, uh, print out my ballot or if, I, if, if that's how we're doing it and go and, you know, deposit it and get my receipt and there's no, um, you know, there's no interference from a uh, third party. So in that sense, the Help America Vote Act has been working. But, of course, now that we are in uh, the COVID-19 era, 
Um, and even before that, the Federation of the Blind were talking to states about the ability of blind voters to vote accessibly, but um, the states have not been paying attention. Well, you know, COVID has made it such that, you know, they have to pay attention. Um, and we've, you know, along with uh, uh Friends across the nation have had to bring uh, suit in order to, uh, you know, get it, get uh, accessible voting as it relates to vote by mail. As well as should. Uh, you know, it, it seems to me, yeah, these are uh, different times and all that, but nonetheless, it's not anything new. We have states' headlines all the time. In fact, Iowa today made news. They uh, they said, okay, all felons get their rights automatically restored. That's been a big issue you've heard about in a lot of states, both sides of that. You never hear about accessibility for blind citizens. And blind citizens are a good chunk of people. Uh, I don't know if you have the facts, but what's the headcount currently? Um, you know, I don't know the head count off the top of my head, but there are a number of people across the country, as you point out, who cannot uh, see well enough to read a print uh, ballot for, you know, uh, d- due to loss of um, most of their vision or all of their vision. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's about whether you want to make sure that all voters are, uh, you know, not, you know, that have the right to vote and that a segment are not disenfranchised yes. from the process. Yeah, I, I think this is a huge issue. And uh, people who don't, uh, I think, are short-sighted because uh, it could be another segment of society that's been disenfranchised. And in this case, sadly, it is the blind who historically get the short end of the stick on so many, many things. And uh, we could talk about that all night, and I actually want to for the next hour. But Yolanda in Illinois and Kimberly in Kansas City, Missouri, have both called. So, Yolanda, welcome to WGN Radio. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much for taking the call. Um, my situation pertains not only to the voting issue, but to all accessibility issues, particularly in this pandemic environment. I mean, I'm not only blind, but I'm also crippled. And I have no assistive technology, and I have no support structure. Even getting groceries to eat. Right. It's a survival issue at this point. I need some vital statistics information. I can't even find out <laughs> the status of an individual who I need to know if they're dead or not. And I've, I've called so many different counties because I don't know where that person might have been. But I should be able to make one phone call to the state and make it roam the entire area for me. That's very, very emotionally draining when you have to do it the way I've been trying to do it to the point where I can't do it anymore. And you can't get through to them. None of the government agencies ever return your phone calls, and that's the only way I can operate is by phone. But nobody, nobody is responsive. And... Yeah, Denise, I have a feeling there might be some services that Yolanda is unaware exist. What can she do? Well, um, of course, you should get in contact with your um, state 
uh, president. I think I heard, are you from Missouri, I believe? No, this is uh, Yolanda. Illinois. Yolanda's in Illinois. Illinois. I'm sorry. Well, um, you can get in touch with me, okay? Uh, I'm at the National <clears throat> Federation of the Blind of Illinois. And um, if you call our national office in Baltimore, 410-659-9314, they will put you in touch with me, and we will see uh, what we uh, can do um, about that. Um, I, you know, I don't make any promises. I can tell you that, you know, uh, we uh, have been working with the Congress to pass a bill called the uh, uh, Access Technology Affordability Act, uh, which is uh, H.R. 2086 in the House, uh, which would allow a uh, tax credit of uh, up to $2,000 over a three-year period for blind Americans to be able to purchase assisted technology. So that's one of the solutions, because we know that assisted technology is very important. And we know, for example, during COVID-19, a lot of information that you seek is online. And it is true that uh, there are problems um, reaching um, certain uh, state officials. Um, but I would just urge you to give me a call, and I will... Uh, see what it is that I can do to try to help you. Okay, uh, Yo, did you get that number, Yolanda? Mr. Bunt, um, you don't recognize my name? Yolanda? Do you know her? I'm not that I'm aware, but... Many times, and oh. sometimes people don't even get their messages. And... That that number that you did give me to contact, I did not um, get it memorized, okay. which is my only way of recording. If you don't mind, please repeat, yeah, so I'm, I can get it okay. off air I'm, one way or another. I'm going to do that now. It's 410-659-9314. Got it. All right. All right, Yolanda, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. All right, and uh, and Denise, thank you for being here. I know Kimberly and then Yvonne in Illinois wants to talk with you and a number of others. And as I say, this this issue, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, is beyond the blind community. Accessibility should be a right that it is in stone for everyone at this point in time. And there are there are so many issues beyond voting, but voting certainly brings it up the way it's been dealt with state to state. Uh, I challenge you to tell me any state that actually has publicized. Yes, we're taking uh, taking into consideration. Those who uh, those who can't see. Yeah, good luck on that. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. Watch your choice. Watch your choice. Watch your choice.
got all the boys standing in line. Tell me who do you love, girl? Make up your mind. Make up your mind. What's your choice? That was really big in 1964 election time. The Radiance. Voice your choice, Chicago's own. Of course, on chess, number 10 R&B, 51 pop. It's actually their first chart record, and McAllister and Sims wrote it. Yes, voice your choice. But what if you can't voice your choice, at least not privately? What if you are in a situation where the government uh, casts your rights asunder? Denise Abant is president of the National Federation of the Blind of Chicago, and she's joining us this hour. She'll answer your questions, and I think this is an issue that cannot be brought up enough, and it's one that doesn't seem to ever make it to major media, which is why I wanted to uh, wanted to do this. Uh, let me ask you about that. Do you get many calls for, uh, for long-form interviews with uh, traditional media? Uh, no, we do not um, get a lot of uh, interviews. Um, we do reach out for the me- to the media when uh, things are going on. So, you know, once again, I want to thank you for the opportunity that you are providing me tonight uh, to discuss uh, such important issue like, you know, voting by mail and, you know, highlighting the attention uh, to it. I do know that there have been articles in the newspaper recently um, that cover the lack of the blind to vote privately and independently, but those are kind of few and far between. But uh, the issue should really be dominant uh, in every uh, newspaper, every TV station, radio station, uh, and government state house in, in, in Washington. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Kimberly in Kansas City, welcome. Hey, hello, Raleigh. And, and uh, Denise, you're right. Raleigh has been an advocate for the blind for years. And uh, I will never be able to thank you enough, Raleigh, for all that you do. You have a voice that most of us don't get to have. And so thank you for using it to be our voice. Very, very much appreciated. And you're right. Every blind person, Denise, should have access to the Internet. The Internet has opened a whole new world for me and for thousands of us who are blind. So um, I, I, first of all, want to thank you for that. Uh, I've read a lot of your articles in the Braille uh, Monitor, and I'm very impressed with you, Denise. And, of course, you have quite a resume here. Uh, First, I want to thank uh, the NFB for fighting for the rights of the blind. Uh, You've been an advocate for years, and you're right. Voting is a major problem for the blind. I have a very trusted, sighted reader, and uh, I voted absentee for years, because my, my only other option, of course, would be, as most blind people, this is the way it goes. You have to find a ride, and then you get into a, you find a polling place, and you uh, find an accessible machine, and you hope that it's working, which is an entirely different issue that I've had a number of blind friends face. And as you said, this year, you're facing COVID on top of it. So why is there not a way to do uh, voting online using a, an audio captcha? That was that's my well, first question, and my and, and then my other question. I wanted to talk about the uh, about the problem with accessibility to money. I I have a PhD in education, and I run my own business, and yet I still have to take ten seconds to either take a picture of the uh, bill. Thank goodness for NFB uh, for KNFB reader, 
Uh, but I either have to take 10 seconds while I'm standing in line to take a picture of the bill, or I have to say to someone, what am I, what, what bill am I holding right now? Yeah, by the way, good, good so point. Undignified. Good point, because I, I can't understand why money isn't, you know, it could be tactile for one thing, but the other thing it could also be different sizes. There's a number of ways to do that, and no one ever does. Well, mm-hmm. um, as to um, your question about voting online, as you know, uh, a lot of the officials, and you can hear it being discussed now, are raising security as an issue. So that's why no one has online voting right now, because, um, you know, most of the uh, government officials are just afraid that there would be a uh, security uh, risk. And as you know, and you spoke about online capture, the other thing is you have to make sure that if you're going to use a capture for a blind person, that, you know, we're not going to be able to uh, see the screen, most of us to see the figures that are being displayed. So any kind of uh, capture is going to have to be voiced even if we had it. So uh, that's the issue as it relates to being able to, uh, you know, email in a ballot or get online and then submit a ballot. It's really a security issue. Um, we might not think that it should be. Um, I happen to think that it's it's probably a good way to go, um, but the government has just not agreed with that position. Um, as for money, um, you know, there are, you know, because of the way uh, the government handles um, money, and I think the cost of it, they really have not ever changed go. money. So <laughs> right. what's happened is over time there's been a number of devices that have been developed so that you can, you know, tell what money you have. So you have uh, something that's issued by the Bureau of Engraving, which they give to you free, which lets you put a bill into it and it just um, identifies it by speech or either by uh, a series of vibrations. Or you can use an app on your iPhone, as you point out, KNFB Reader, and there are many others. But uh, that seems to be the workaround when it comes to dealing with money. What I didn't understand is recently they redesigned all the bills. You know, they they went through all this process about how they were making them safe and all that, and they put weird stuff on them. And uh, uh, it seemed to me like that was the perfect time to address this. They were changing it anyway. Yeah, but you still had maybe cash registers to be able to hold you know, particular, uh, you know, because our bills are all a certain size, which means that the area in the cash register where they go are going to be all the same size. So I think the thought is that you would have to undergo a a lot of uh, change uh, in the way businesses, um, you know, put money into the cash register and all those kinds of things uh, in order to uh, make that happen. So the government uh, chose not to uh, do that and at yet, that time. Now, at some point, it could be that you know we might take we might find the government will take a different tact. Uh, Kimberly, you said mm-hmm. you, and yet you, Europe has done it. Europe has done it. What did they do? 
Well, there are some countries way back in 1989 when I was studying in Vienna. They had uh, bills of different sizes so that you could tell the difference uh, if you were visually impaired or blind in the size of the bill. I mean, it still, I think, is unreasonable to expect that someone's going to be able to stand there for 10 seconds and put a bill into a reader, you know, while they're trying to make a transaction to make sure they're not getting cheated. You know, while everyone's standing behind them in line, I don't think that's a reasonable expectation in this day and age. Maybe 50 years ago, but not today. You know, I, I just, in an, in an era an era when the ADA has been, you know, in place for 30 years, I just think, you know, I'm very disappointed that our government doesn't have a better solution or a better idea than, than what they've come up with here. Interesting. Now, you, you mentioned uh, about... Um, uh, the vote by mail that nobody was doing it online, but I think Colorado is doing it now online. We're supposed to do it for the primary in March, and then I never, I never really heard the upshot of that, Denise. But supposedly it was an online thing, and then the ballot printed out after you handled it online. Do you have any idea how that went? Well, if it's like um, similar to Maryland, um, is you can. Um, do it online. So what you do is in Maryland, for example, I don't know about Colorado, but I was talking to a friend today. Um, You get a a link and you go to this link and you just check, you know, you do a series of check boxes to select your candidates for a particular office. And uh, once you're done, um, you're able to print out your ballot, uh, you know, get it sealed and in the envelope and, and sent off. Now, what you can't do is submit the ballot uh, directly oh, from the email program or right. email the ballot in. Okay, that's the thing you can't do. Right. In those jurisdictions that you're talking about, yes, you can fill out the ballot, but you won't be able to submit it electronically the way you can um, some programs. I mean, you've mm. seen like doodle polls where you've voted to pick a date, and then when you check all the possible dates, you just submit it. You can't do that with a ballot uh, right now. Right, and then when you're talking about printing it out, of course, you know, that, that sort of, you don't know what you're printing. And uh, you, you print it, and then you sign it, and you really don't have any way to know what you've just signed. Right. In that case, you know, you uh, have to uh, get a reader uh, or, or, or use uh, one of the visual interpreting services to help you identify what you're signing and where you're signing it. So um, there mm-hmm. still is going to be, be for a reader least selected on choice nobody has no what choices that you have uh, selected so your friends or your husband or your wife they don't need to know you know who you you voted for um, because you're, you know um, you know have maybe you find somebody you know independently to just make sure that you're signing in the right place and then you do the mm-hmm. you know they help you with the envelope and you submit it but again, my my feeling is again that you know uh, since I have to use a reader for that step anyway, I've got enough good friends that I really trust, and they've never betrayed me yet that I just go ahead and use a reader, and I just don't see that it's any problem. I guess I I guess I'm a little lazy, <laughs> but I think well, I, think, I mean, you know, and, and let me say yeah. that's a choice that you are, have freedom to make. 
we're not saying to people that, you know, you can't get a friend to assist you or a family member. That's, that's a choice. But I, for one, uh, don't necessarily want to have a friend. I have some close friends, but I don't really want to share. Right. Uh, I, I believe in the right mm-hmm. to a private and oh, I independent. Agree with you. I agree with you. And so I, I, I'm, we're just, what we're doing is we're advocating for blind people to make the same choice as mm-hmm. any sighted yes. voter would yes. make. Yes. And, and I, that's I would the agree real with issue you. Here. And, and I think that the signature issue has been the problem for me. Yeah, but I, I, uh, there's got to be a way, and uh, at this point, clearly nobody's, uh, nobody's thinking of it. And uh, you know what's so odd, Denise and Kimberly, is if this were the private sector, the government would come unglued on them, saying you're not being oh, accessible. Absolutely. But the f- oh, absolutely. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah, but you know, one thing, one other thing, and then I promise to be quiet. There's a lot of great people who want in here. <laughs> But um, I, I think the one and only other thing that I hope everyone considers is that um, accessibility, first of all, I think a lot of times people don't realize how many people there are out there who are since macular degeneration. Um, I, I bet most people in your audience, if they think about it, know someone who has trouble seeing. So when you think of the blind, it's not necessarily the person that you saw on the bus with the white cane or the guide dog. People who are visually impaired are everywhere among us. So this isn't a, just a, a, a very limited issue. And then the second thing is that accessibility for one group of people usually turns into accessibility for everyone. Let's think about audiobooks. That wonderful audiobook that you like to read on your commute, where do you think that started? Talking books for the blind. So there are a lot of things that start out as accessibility for a very limited group of people that end up benefiting everyone. Absolutely. Kimberly, thank you for calling. Bye-bye. And, yeah, if they could come up with something online that could be, and I don't know how they do it, but that could be secure and verifiable, that would not only help the blind, but it would help a lot of people with limited mobility all across the board. And I'm so glad that the NFB is making this an issue now because it could easily be swept under the rug. Denise Avant, president of the National Federation of the Blind of Chicago, is joining us. We'll talk to Yvonne in Illinois. There's room for you, too, at 888-876-5593. That's 888. 88 R O L L Y E. I'm Riley James. It's WGN Radio. you can't see the ballot, everyone's going to know your favorite candidate, and that's what a lot of this is about. We're talking about vote by mail and accessibility by the blind. Yeah, and I love these politicians say, oh, just get a friend. Yeah, yeah. how about you do that, fella? 
Indeed. The Intruders, who's your favorite candidate? 1969 on Gamble. It was the flip of Me, Tarzan, You, Jane, which got to number 41 R&B and didn't chart on the pop charts. Of course, the undeniably wonderful voice of Little Sonny, the late Sam Brown. And uh, the Intruders' success, that's what led to all of Philadelphia International. So we're talking to Denise Event, president of the National Federation of the Blind of Chicago. And I'm going to give you that number because maybe you are listening, didn't call in, though you should. And uh, are saying, hey, I could use the help, 410-659-9314. And uh, I think this topic is uh, is particularly timely, uh, especially state after state saying, well, we're, we're going to vote by mail. And Denise, I, I try to think, I haven't heard any state official anywhere on their own come up with this issue of how it impacts the blind. Have you? Uh, no, um, you know, I, I really have to say I'm obviously concerned with officials here in Illinois, and, you know, I, I have not heard yeah. it addressed by any of our officials. Now, you know, obviously in the places um, that I've mentioned, Maryland and um, uh, Colorado, you know, the public officials obviously uh, after advocacy by uh, the National Federation of the Blind of Maryland and the National Federation of the Blind of, of Colorado and other places in the country um, when they uh, took to advocating sure. in the state legislatures and with their secretary of states or boards of elections, um, something uh, was done about it. But right. in all too many of our states, uh, we have... Uh, not been able to get a response, um, you know, either because the, you know, for, for whatever reason, right. but one of them is, of course, the, in many states, they have the local elections authorities, uh, and they just have not uh, seen the urgency to make sure that uh, everyone across the, a particular state is able to vote accessibly. Yeah. We've got Yvonne in Illinois. Hello, Yvonne. Welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you, Riley. I mean, this is what's such a wonderful subject, and I, I'm glad that you have it. I do the voting, uh, the, the you know, mail. I have a granddaughter that I trust, and she helps me with all of my needs. I do the books for the audio for the blind. I did study Braille. I do the Braille, but um, what I'm calling about today, my granddaughter was looking in a magazine, and there was a, a talking reader. It magnifies, but it also talks if you want to read, like, small print or medicine bottles or anything, and I'm constantly asking her to read something to me, and the cost was $1,795. But before I spent that, I go like, oh, I wish I could talk to somebody. And so when you had this show tonight, I say, this is the perfect person to talk to. Are there any uh, 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 programs that help you to pay for things like this that when, it, when it's costly like that? Or is there some other option that I can use as a reader and an audio reader and a magnifier? Um, you know, I would, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to urge you to call our national office to see what uh, is all of that's available um, to you. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't uh, know, and I do know that these things cost money, and one of the uh, ways that we help blind people uh, in the National Federation of the Blind is by serving uh, as a resource. 
So, you know, the, the number I gave earlier, um, I would urge you to give uh, our national office a call, and um, maybe uh, you can talk to somebody in our independence market, and they might be able to help you there. But um, as I spoke uh, about earlier, we are uh, advocating uh, with uh, the United States uh, Congress to pass legislation that would give people a refundable uh, tax credit to purchase um, assistive technology. Now, uh, uh-huh. we know that assistive technology uh, costs money, whether you're buying a screen reader for your computer or large print software or a Braille device, and that these uh, de- you know, devices help people in employment, help people uh, in... Uh, the, the in it, who are students and just generally help people in uh, society. So that's one of the bills that I spoke about earlier. And Illinois so far has 11 co-sponsors, and we're trying to pick up more to make sure that that bill is passed uh, in this Congress. Um, the uh-huh. other bill that uh, we have that might be helpful for uh, people is a bill that we call the uh, GAIN Act, is, which is greater access and independence through non-visual uh, access technology. And so that's H.R. 3929, and our own Jan Schakowsky has uh, sponsored that bill. And so in that bill, what it's designed to do is to get uh, the access board to come up with non-visual standards, minimum non-visual standards, uh, so that home um, appliances, home medical devices, and fitness equipment will have some sort of accessibility built in. And we know Uh that it's possible because we've seen it with Apple in in making all of its products accessible using the iPhone. So we think that, you know, if we were able to get these two bills passed, that that would be, um, you you know, helpful to many blind people across America um, who need accessibility uh, for various reasons. I agree. Okay, Yvonne, thank you for calling. Thank you so much, Roddy, for having the show. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I think it's interesting. You hear so much about what uh, what Congress is doing for this segment, for that segment. You don't normally hear much, again, about the blind. And all I can come up with it is a numbers game. They think, well, I don't have that many constituents. And so it seems that it's nobody's pet project because it doesn't necessarily get them a whole big chunk of votes. But I think maybe that's the next project to educate lawmakers on precisely how many people we're talking about here because it's formidable numbers these days. Well, every year, uh, members of the National Federation of the Blind and all 52 of our affiliates, the 50 states, plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I, I need to exclude those two, but the 50 states, yeah. rather. Um, uh, we have 52 right. affiliates. But the 50 states go to Washington, D.C., and um, advocate Good. with our representatives on issues that we 
uh, believe are key to the blind that will change uh, the policy of uh, uh, it, it, that will benefit blind people. So we usually do this in, in late January, early February, and then for the rest of the Congress, we try to work with the congressmen and the senators and gain support um, for this. And, you know, we, we, we have been um, successful in some you know, legislation, uh, and on others we are, you know, still working. And as you know, legislative advocacy and really any kind of uh, advocacy for a uh, minority group, it, it takes a while. It sure does. Um, and it, Denise, speaking of a while, we have just ended the hour. It went far too fast. We will do it again, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much.